Episode 159, Sex on the Roller Coaster. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And it's been a fun week all over the place. We, uh, you know, we say it every week, but it's truly the highlight of our week getting here behind the mics with all of you and just sharing what's going on in marriage, what's going on in, in our lives and your lives and, and having that time together. And this week's going to be a doozy because we've had some, we've had had a doozy of a week. It's been good, but it's been a doozy. Yeah. And it's, you know, Anytime that you guys want to get in touch with us, anytime that we say something on this podcast that strikes a chord with you, you know, call in. Let us know what it is that resonates with you. And it, it's so easy to do so. You just call in at 858-876-5663 or you shoot us an email at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You know, it, it, it helps you get off whatever's in your mind and what you're thinking about. And it helps us to make the program better. Yeah, because when what you share with your insights and what's going on with you allows us to get different episode ideas, gives us opportunities to talk and research and find out how we can better serve each and every one of you when you do call in. So, yeah, and this this podcast reaches over twelve hundred people each and every week now, and we want to thank you. We're the number three marriage podcast in iTunes, and that is because of you guys. And we have listeners just like you all over the world. So continue to share, subscribe. And if you can take just a few seconds, go on over to iTunes, rate the show. And if you have a few extra seconds, give us a review. Five stars preferred. But you know what? Honestly, we just want to hear the truth. Our listeners are highly motivated and action-oriented. We have very valuable sponsorship slots available. Don't wait. Be a sponsor on the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast by calling me at 858-876-5663 or email me directly at asktony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And this week, we are excited because we got a hug. And last week, we talked about hugs for the first time. And a hug for us is when we hear about your accomplishments, when we hear about how the show or what we say on Facebook or what you read on one extraordinary marriage.com impacts you. And so this week we got a voicemail and here it goes. I began listening to your podcast um, about three weeks ago and they have become a mainstay on my daily commute. I drive from about 50 miles to my um, job and um, I am currently on episode 19 of your podcast and I just wanted to tell you um, what an extraordinary change that this has made in, in my life already. Um, you guys are like my company to and from work every day. And I really, really enjoy that. Um, I've now got my husband to start listening to podcasts. He's in sales and he drives a lot. So, um, he is an active listener. He is an active listener now as well. He's actually beeping into me as we speak. I'm sure to say something loving and wonderful. Awesome. Um, on this episode of the podcast, you guys were were asking people to call in, and I'm, I'm sure you have many, many more phone calls now on your line. And um, but I just wanted to throw a little nostalgia your way, and when you were 
begging people to call in, and now I'm sure you're having thousands of phone calls. And um, I just wanted you to know uh, what a what a what a change that uh, you guys have made in in my life so far. And um, I really appreciate that, and it's really putting uh, different thoughts in my head and opening up my heart, and my mind to a lot of different things. Um, you know, with my wife and my and my spouse and my children. And um, I think you guys do a wonderful job, and I can't wait to listen to more. Um, you guys have a blessed day. Thank you. That was so awesome to to get that voicemail. I listened to it uh, before I was taking the kids to school one morning this week. And, you know, we hear that so often. One spouse will start listening to us, and then they figure out a way, whether it's through the conversations or through sharing something that they heard us say, they share it with their spouse. And then you have these couples that are listening, and it opens the dialogue for the two of you to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, I just, you know, Tony and Lisa were talking about this. And what do you think? And, uh, you know, I love that she's got a long commute and he's in sales. And so they're both spending a lot of time in the car. And then, it, you know, I hope you guys picked up on the fact that when she said that he was beeping in, it was, you know, her very next comment was, I'm sure it's to say something loving. And I just, you know, I love that. Because how many times do we get the, you know, when you're driving in a car, you get the beep in and you're like, oh, somebody's beeping in on my phone call. But she looked down, realized it was her husband and said, you know what, he's just calling to tell me something nice. And she was sweet enough not to get off the phone with us and to call him back after. Um, but it, it, it's those phone calls, guys, that energize us. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when we're having a bad day, when things aren't going so well in our marriage or in our relationship with our children, you know, to get one of those phone calls to say, I know this is from, you know, two years ago, but you asked for phone calls, so I'm calling in. Yeah, we love hearing from you. And this was one of those weeks where that little bit of encouragement went a long way. You know, we are, we share a lot about what happens uh, in our family with our children. And this was one of those weeks where we're struggling. We're struggling with our kids on a couple of different levels. And specifically our, our older child, uh, he is, you know, fourth grade and he's, playing sports with his buddies and he came late to the sports world. He didn't want to play when he was younger and we didn't force it. And so last year was his first year playing baseball, huge learning curve for him. And, and for those parents out there who have kids in baseball or softball, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very difficult sport at times, even T-ball, you know, just trying to get the bat to hit the ball can be very difficult. So you probably can track with us when we're talking about the difficulty he had, you know, coming in as a nine-year-old where most of his buddies had been playing for three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. Since they were five. And so, you know, we made it through the season. He had an amazing coach last year who took him by the side when he decided that he wanted to quit and said, let me just talk to your son. To this day, Tony and I have no idea what happened in that conversation. Mm-hmm. We we know that it convinced Alex to hang in there and play that season, and and to you know seemingly enjoy the sport. You know, it seemed like he was having fun, and you know he wanted to play again. And so we find ourselves now, um, you know, a few days before opening day, <laughs> and my son is telling me once again that he wants to quit. Yeah, a- and he wants to quit because he knows he's not the best. And, and he's frustrated because 
he and his best friend are on the same team mm-hmm. and his best friend is also a catcher. And because he's been playing for more years is a very good catcher. And Alex wants to be a good catcher, but he's struggling with the fact that he is also larger. He, he's just gone through his growth spurt before all of his friends. He's got, you know, a good head on his best friend and on some of the other kids on the team. And it reminds me of this kid that my brother played ball with who just grew fast. And so, you know, there's a coordination issue and, you know, just trying to figure out what to do with this body because it's a lot bigger than everybody else's. And so he's dealing with all these different emotions. And so two nights this week, three nights. We've had a number of nights. Yeah, I want to say it's three. And I would say over the course of the last week, we've had some sort of issue Probably six out of seven days, though. And not just with Alex. Abby's also had her own. But, you know, so we're dealing with just the emotion. I mean, I've spent at least two hours on two different nights, or an hour on two different nights, just talking Alex through what's going on with him. And I, on the other hand, have blown up a couple of times this week on him. Just frustrated to the nth degree. And I come here to say that not in... Oh goodness, this is what you should be doing. But you know, I've lost control. I, I I didn't even take my own advice that I give to you guys and that I give to my kids, which is just step away, take three deep breaths, think about what's happening. And I mean, I just went from zero to sixty in no time flat. And afterwards I'm sitting back and I'm just going what just happened here? How is it that I went from talking to him, we were conversing, we were having a little bit of of headbutting going on, to, man, I am just fired up. And you know, a a lot of it for me was, and, and it doesn't excuse what I did, not one bit. I know better. I should have shut his door and I should have just taken my time. I should have walked outside and I didn't. And instead I I wanted to continue to battle him. I wanted to continue to make sure that he knew that I was the boss and that he needed to listen to me. And what finally broke the straw was that I wanted him to take in the trash can. That's what upset me so much. I wanted him to take in the trash cans. Oh, so I wasn't home yesterday. Did this get bad yesterday? No, this was last week. Oh, that was last week. week. That was last week. Yeah. And and so, you know, these these issues come up in our marriage Mm -hmm. each and every day, you know? And if you're like us, you're trying to raise your kids. You're trying to go, hey, I want you to be productive adults or kids into productive adults. At, uh, teenagers into productive adults. But in that time period, you and your spouse are also trying to stay connected. Mm-hmm. And there's a big divide that happens. And some episodes back, it's actually episode 40, we did a podcast called Screw the Kids, This is Our Marriage. And I still wholeheartedly believe in that podcast and in that show. And I will put show notes to it so you can listen to it. The basis of that show is that the kids are important. They are. But if we don't put our spouse above the kids, our spouses are going to know that. 
and we're not going to have the extraordinary marriage we desire. Having said that, though, doesn't mean we just let them run amok, right? We're just not going to let our kids just get their way and do whatever they want. If it was up to my kids, they would probably eat candy from sunup to sundown. They would find every sweet drink that they could get their hands on and drink it for their glory. So it doesn't mean we're going to allow them to run amok in our household. But how do we, how do Elise and I, how do you and your husband, how do you and your wife find the ability during these times of absolute angst and stress and arguments between the kids and sometimes you because you you may have different parenting styles and mama bear rears her her head you know she's like don't go messing with my kid i have a mama bear like that but how do we get through that did you like my rar <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, he just, you know, the, the whole roar because you couldn't see the, the gestures that went with it. He's got his hands up and he's, you know, doing the mama bear thing. So I know we got to get we got to get this. We got to get video. We got to get this thing on the video eventually. But anyways, we have that. So how do we go from that state and then have amazing sex like we were able to do yesterday? How do we go from days of just knocking our head against the wall? with our kids going toe to toe with them and and with each other and with each other. And and believe me, the night before we had amazing sex, Alex has a missions project. So for here in, in the state of California, fourth graders make a mission. Now they can, they can actually make a model and they have some other opportunities, other things they can do. They can do a, a skit dressed up as a missionary. They can do a sort of a pictorial book what have you. Well, Alex has decided that instead of telling us when it's due or start working on it. To, to his credit, I don't know that until that day that he told us that he had been given the, the due date. I, I understand, but he also knew that he should have been working right. on it. And so it comes to that night that now he doesn't want to make a mission like the model and so he doesn't want to pick anything else on the list. And so again, here comes Elisa, nurturing, sitting on his bed, wanting to talk to him. Let's figure this all out. I, on the other hand, I, I get a little upset because I get to the point where I'm going, son, figure it out. She's given you five options. Pick one of them and do it. It's as simple as is that and whatever help you may need will be here to assist you up to a certain extent. I'm not doing your project for you. That's not my job. It just isn't. So again, frustration amongst Elisa and I, because mm-hmm. again, again, Elisa's sitting there. She wants to coddle him. She wants to talk through this. She wants to know, I'm going to give you your, your chance okay. to, to say your piece. Okay. I'm going to say my piece and okay. then we'll let you go. Um, and I, and I, and I want to do that, honey, because I want them to see both sides of where sure. we're at. Go for it. And so I finally just go, get it figured out. And I just shut the door and I move on. And that's, that's basically the end of the night. We do pray every night. And I will tell you, that night, I was about to roll over and not do it. It would have been easy for me to just roll over and say, good night, Elisa, turn off the lights, and be done with it. 
I don't even think you would have said goodnight. You probably would have just rolled over. I probably would have just rolled over. But I've committed to Elisa, to myself, to pray. And I'll tell you, that was one of those moments where there was a breakthrough. And, you know, on my side of things, um, Alex has never been our child to talk a lot. And he is the one that we have to work harder to find out what's going on with him and to unpack stuff because he will, he's the kid that'll stuff it inside. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate enough right now that he still, you know, with a lot of prodding will open up to me, but it takes the, you know, it, it does take the mom cuddling. It does take the, all right, let's, you know, like, you know, he has this fear because when he was younger, I would fly off the handle and all this kind of stuff. And, and I sometimes still do. And so he's like, no, you're going to be angry at me if I tell you what's going on. And, you know, turns out there was other stuff going on at school, but he, he had to get past himself. I mean, it was an hour of, you know, like two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back, getting him to the point where I'm like, honey, just tell me. Okay. You know, cause I'm trying to think, you know, was he being bullied? Is he, you know, did, did he, yeah, I don't know. Something happened on a test, whatever. Just tell me what it is. Another kid, the uh, teacher, the teacher, something with sport, you know, that's, so that's when we unpacked the whole baseball thing. And then we had to unpack the whole, you know, there's stuff going on at school. And in the meantime, you know, Tony's coming in and he's just like, rah, my way or the highway, you know, get out. And I'm like, oh, we know this kid is, it, it's just, it's a different communication style. Mm hmm with him and it just it takes a little more time it takes a little more massaging the information out of him and so yeah so there's this wedge between tony and i because i want i want alex to be able to come to us and be able to talk in his own in his own way but it just takes more energy and effort so when you're giving that energy and effort to your kids you still have to be able to turn around and give it to your husband you, in whatever form that takes. I mean, we were definitely not having sex either one of those nights because it just mentally, it wasn't there. But but what we're talking about today is is how you maintain that physical intimacy when you're riding this crazy roller coaster called parenting. Because your kids, whether you have one or you have a whole tribe, there's always something going on. There is. I mean, there's, you know, whether it's projects or sports or disciplinary issues or behavioral issues or, you know, there's things, I mean, every once in a while, I mean, we admit it, you guys have heard us talk. We just have one of those days where you kind of feel like you're in the twilight zone because the kids are all getting along. Everybody's calm. It's, you know, it's one of those great days and you're like, wow. And then the next day, you know, chaos ensues. Right. And, and not to, please don't get this wrong, folks. We're, we're not bashing on our kids. We're not. We're just giving you the real insights of what happens in a marriage. Okay. And the reason we're doing it is because we've been here mm -hmm. and we're dealing with it ourselves. So I don't want you guys to take this wrong and think that we're just bashing on our kids. Our kids know this. Our kids know we podcast and they know we talk about them at times. And they know that the reason why is because they, we've conveyed to them an understanding that there are other families just like ours. There are other families that have kids that, you know, it doesn't all go perfectly every day. I, I was at a mom's night out event put on uh, last night, by San Diego mom's night out. 
And, you know, I was sitting down talking at this table with three other women, all of whom have children ages three and under. And so we're talking about this myth of perfection and how when people tell you, oh, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, you know, because the first gal that sat down, we start talking about parenting. And, and I said to her, I said, if you had told me that life was perfect, I'd call you a liar. Because it's not. Parenting is not rosy all the time. It, it just isn't. And anybody that says so is, you know, they're putting those masks on that we tell you guys to take off all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're trying to maintain the physical intimacy, in spite of all of these other things that are going on with your children and in your, in your physical home, you got to work at it. You got, first of all, you got to identify whose problem it really is. Yeah. And, and let's just step back. So now what we do for us in our marriage, because this physical intimacy is very important to us. You guys know it. If you haven't listened to it, listen to episode 140, Scheduling Sex and the Intimacy Lifestyle. That will give you insights on how Elisa and I make it a priority to make love two times a week. And then we also do our own little challenges and sometimes we'll have bonus days and what have you. So physical intimacy, sexual intimacy is a priority in our marriage. So how are we able to do this over the last three plus years with all this stuff that's happening, being parents. And that's where we're going to take you today. Because yesterday morning, we had amazing sex. We had amazing sex. It was awesome. It was good. Elisa is smirking, which tells me that she enjoyed it. <laughs> I just love all the superlatives he keeps throwing on there. I'm like, wow, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but wow. I'm still working on Elisa to vocalize a little bit more, but that's another subject for another day. (laughs) So never good enough. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, get out of here. You know, I love you. So let's talk about how we are able to, even though we are dealing with these issues with our kids, how are we able to connect emotionally? How are we able to connect spiritually? How are we able to connect sexually? And let's take it from there, Elise. Let's start with uh, clarify. Well, and that's what I was saying. You've got to clarify whose problem it is. You know, don't make your children's problems yours. Like this whole thing with Alex's mission trip or mission project, you know, that's his deal. He knows it's due in 10 days or whatever the teacher gave him. So, you know, he kept trying, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, she didn't give you that as an option. So it doesn't matter if that's what you want to do. And I just kept repeating that. I'm like, that's fine. If you do that, you will get the subsequent grade that's associated with doing what she told you not to do. Right. That, but it, that, that's your, that's your decision. Yep. It's, and, and we've said this many a times before. It's a you problem, not a me problem. Where did that, was that in like one of the books that he read? I think so. Because Alex will now Alex will now throw that back to us. Yes. So it's really funny. But for us personally, we're not going to live in the past. We're not going to live in the past. We're always going to be moving forward in our lives and in our marriage. So something that happens like this, we clarify it. We go, it is our child's issue. Mm -hmm. And not to say that we don't think about it or, or want to help them. But when it comes to our sexual intimacy, we really define that and go, it's a you problem. 
I need to let that go so that I can be present with my spouse. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard. Oh, folks, we like to own everybody's problems. It's, it's part of what messes up our society because we're so busy taking on everybody else's issues that sometimes we just don't even handle our own. So if it's your kid's problem, if it's a decision they've made, obviously you're still parenting them. You're still working through that. But if it's their issue, let them suffer the consequences of it. You know, let them deal with the teacher. Let them deal with the coach. Let them deal with the, you know, the music teacher or the rehearsal or whatever it is. Or if it's with you, if it's a natural consequence of their decision, let them deal with it. Mm-hmm. Be present when you're with your spouse. The next thing that you have to do is you have to take off the masks of perfection. Oh, yes. You have to take off the mask of perfection, not just in your, you know, as it relates to you and your spouse, but as it relates to you and your children. What I had to do on that night when I was sitting there and Alex was all worked up about the school stuff, I had to share with him all of the phone calls and conversations that I had with my parents that were not good. You know, I shared with him my first report card in college and, and how that, you know, how I actually failed a few tests in plant biology and things like that <laughs> and how that did not go over so well with my parents. I shared with him when I called my parents with his brother, with the news of Alex's brother, Andrew, because I had chosen not to tell my parents it was going to be their Christmas present. They were going to find out. And the day that my water broke and it looked like we weren't going to, you know, Andrew wasn't going to live. I had to call my parents and say, here's the situation. I kept this. Here's why I kept this from you, but here's what we're facing. Mm -hmm. I had to call them with that. I had to own it when I when I was in college and came home for a winter break and went out with my friends and told my parents I'm going to be home, you know, I don't know, like midnight, one o'clock. And I didn't walk in the door until six o'clock. I walked in the door to my father staring at the front door, just waiting for me. You know, I shared all of those stories with my son to say, you know what? My parents don't love me any less. Those were all frustrating and difficult situations in our parent-child relationship. But you know what? My dad still loves me. My mom still loves me. They call, we visit, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I had to share that with him so that he could understand that there is nothing that he could do that would stop us from loving him. And to get him to take off that, that pride of letting us know that he's less than perfect. Mm-hmm. And we have to own it ourselves with our kids. Guys, don't let your kids think that you're perfect because the day comes when they find out you're not and, you know, the world comes tumbling down. Own your mistakes. Own it. Take off those masks. And, and take it off with your spouse. If you're having a bad day, be like, I, I know Tony's got anger. <laughs> and I know that he can go from zero to 60. And there are times definitely that I will put the mama bear in front of him and be like, back down. You're, you're overstepping your boundaries. Back down. Because you're going too far. And he loves me enough that he may not be happy with that, but he will, he will own that and he will remove himself from the situation. And, and that also lets your kids know that they're in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then you got to start looking at, you know, I tell my kids all the time that they have to be a problem solver. And that's what you have to do when you're dealing with 
these types of situations in your marriage. You've got to figure out what the solutions are. You've got to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we funnel this kid's energies or, you know, provide guidance, but at the same time, protect the sanctity of our marriage because they need to know your kids need to know that your foundation is rock solid. That in spite of all the little tornadoes that are going on in their lives, they need to know that you problem solve so that the two of you are the foundation that they can build their lives on. So you have to build that in. You have to build in the conversations. You have to build in the date nights. You have to build in the the prayer time together. Whatever it is that the two of you do to keep building strength into your marriage, you have to do that because your kids are watching every single moment that you are together. And I know this because Tony kissed me the other day in the kitchen and both of our kids are like, ew, they're kissing. That's gross. And so then he kissed me again. And you know what that tells my kids? That mom and dad love each other and that they're not afraid to kiss in front of other people. So when they, when my grandchildren see their parents kissing, it's going to be the same thing in like 40 years. <laughs> no rush there. Yeah. But when you're exploring these options, you've got to, you've got to help guide your children in the way that they need to go with their problems and with what's going on in the two of you brainstorm, pull out that top 10 list. We talk about the top 10 list all the time, guys, pull out that top 10 list of things that you want to do that you can do together to foster intimacy in your relationship. You know, ways that you can get out and just work on your emotional intimacy, because when your kids are spinning and all those, you know, fires are going on and things like that, your emotional intimacy suffers very quickly Uh because your energy is channeled towards your kids. So you've got to bring back some of that energy and figure out how to redirect it into your marriage. Well, and you know what? When you are that burned out emotionally, you don't have anything left to for sexual intimacy, do you? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I've been there many a times where it's just like, I really want to make love to you. I do. But I am just so emotionally fried I can't Mm -hmm. and so you really got to look at your options here's something that Elisa and I picked up some time back and you know what for us I liked it and the program's called total transformation and what I really liked about it it really talked about the way kids and teens can manipulate us and what they're doing and how they're acting out and how we can use simple little, um, gosh, simple little phrases, mm-hmm. verbal cues, yep, verbal cues to help direct your kids. And Elise and I have been using this. We do use it at times. Our kids sometimes get pretty darn smart. And so they catch on to those verbal cues. So they'll throw it back at us. But again, what it did for us, it equipped us with an understanding of who our kids are, their personalities, and that has helped us. Again, does it make it better 100%? No, we, we still have those moments. We, we've been describing it all podcast long. 
If you want to learn more about Total Transformation, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash total transformation. I will also have a link in the show notes. I think it's something for those of you who are really struggling on trying to figure out that personality of your child and how to redirect their energy, how this can really help. And a lot of, I mean, you know, if your kids are anything like ours, they're incredibly intelligent. And so they figure things out so quickly. And that's part of, you know, it's a, it's a fabulous thing, except that when you're trying to parent them and not lose your mind, you're like, stop being so smart. Stop being so smart. But, you know, so we've talked about clarifying your situation. We've talked about removing the masks of perfection in your marriage. We've talked about exploring the options. You know, how, how are we going to navigate this? Where are we going to put our energy? And then you need to appreciate the fact that this is part of your life's journey mm-hmm. and that it is a journey. Going from where you are to where you want to be is not a microwave instant. And you've got to find the successes, the little successes here and there. You know, whether it's the fact that I was able to get Alex to finally open up about everything that's going on, you know, three hours into the conversation uh, over three nights, or the fact that Tony did not roll over and blow off our prayer time. Those are both the successes. You know, it, it's, we want things so fast in our society and we are so impatient that when things don't happen in our time, we think they're not happening at all. And when you are able to step back and say, you know what, that was a small victory. Yeah. I thought, like my kid's still talking to me. You know, I have a preteen. If he's still talking to me, that's a good day. You know, if he can, if he can let down his barriers enough to let me in and let me love him through whatever his challenges are, that is a great day. If my husband chooses to still foster our intimacy, even on those days that he doesn't want to, that's a great day because sometimes we have to do the things that we don't want to do. And you have to be appreciative of the fact of somebody doing that because they love you. You know, Tony deciding to pray when he doesn't want to, that's an act of love. That's an act of service in our marriage. Appreciate all those little steps, guys. Appreciate and look at the whole package and then you have to make action. Can we, can we step back real quick though? Step back. Look at those little steps as success. Really do. Take the time to just go, you know what? We could have not prayed tonight, mm-hmm. but instead we overcame what we've been dealing with and we took five minutes to be together. That's huge, guys. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, you may not feel the butterflies floating around in your heart and in your tummy. I get it. You know? But it's something you guys did together in spite of where you're at, in spite of the stress, in spite of how you feel just so beat down emotionally, in spite of everything that's coming in around you, you said, you know what, we're going to do this. And it may be just taking off for a little bit and going for a walk or sitting in the backyard and reading a book together, you know? It's those little things that you guys do 
that add to success time and time and time again. Yeah, when you pull this all together, it gets you to the point where you can still engage in intimacy with your spouse. You can still have sex on the roller coaster of marriage and parenting because you've spent this time, you've invested this time in fostering all of these intimacies. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the gals I met last night, she's like, you know, she's talking about the fact that she's got a toddler and how, you know, she didn't get in the years before her child was born the amount of effort it would take to continue to make her marriage work. She's like, I get it now. I get why people say marriage is work. And it's I a think, good kind of work. It's a good kind of work. With but lots of perks. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's definitely those benefits. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you work on all of these different levels, when you're, when you're connecting emotionally and you're willing to strip off those masks and you're willing to explore different options and you're willing to appreciate all of your successes, that is fostering so much intimacy between the two of you that it allows you to go and have wild and crazy sex in the midst of life's craziness. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this because we live it. In any given week, I mean, between kids and business and everything else, I mean, any, anything could be going on in our home. But because we work through these steps, because we, we embrace what life is giving us it allows us to get into our bedroom or the living room or wherever we're at and say, you know what, right now, right now I'm going to release all that stuff. I mean, maybe you have to actually like write it all down and leave a note at your front door, or your bedroom door saying, okay, I'm leaving all the junk out here and I'm walking into my bedroom and I'm going to be fully present with my spouse because I left it all outside. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that about, you know, it's like a reader's digest story where the husband would come to the door and he'd like leave a little note on the front shrub because he, and he never brought the junk into his home. Do the same thing with your bedroom. Write down all the crap that's swirling around your head. Then get in there with your husband or your wife and just rock it. Let them, let them be the only thing on your mind. At that point in time, because I will tell you when you are fully present with your spouse, the sex can't help but be amazing. Yeah. And one thing I want to say to this note, when you're at this point in time in your marriage, it may not be the best to go try to find a new place or a new position. This is almost a time where you go tried and true. It's like, you know what? I know for us, oral sex. Alisa enjoys it. I can engage her quickly. You know, I can allow her just to let everything else go away because I know that's what she enjoys. And so for this week, when we were coming to that point, I realized I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go try to find something new or try to, you know, bring in a, a toy or what have you. We're going tried and true oral sex. Let's, let's have a good time. Let's enjoy each other's presence. And let's have fun. Let us connect. Let us enjoy that passion and that romance together in the bedroom like we did. And you know what? For those moments that we were there together, that's all that was on my mind. Uh, likewise. I mean, it was, it was good. 
<laughs> it was really good. And so you know what? Afterwards, though, we're going to be back as parents. We're going to be back as husbands and wives, right? Mm-hmm. But it's getting those moments together where we can sit there and we can go, you know what? Remember that? Remember that yesterday? That was good. That was fun. That was us being together. And that's what drives us to the next time and the next time and gets us through each and every step of the way, you know? And this weekend, there will probably be other issues or this week, there'll be other issues that will come up and we'll handle them just like we shared with you here today. And we'll still come together We'll still have our sexual intimate times together. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it won't be as stressful because there are weeks and sometimes months when everything's just rocking and rolling. And that's the time when we can get outside of our comfort zone. We can explore more. We can try different things. You guys, sex on the roller coaster, parenting on the roller coaster. We're all on it, especially if you have kids, you know, we're on it. And here's the thing though, we got to figure out how we're going to work together as husbands and wives, overcome these issues because there's going to come a day when those guys are gone. They are, they're going to be outside the house, college, maybe starting their own business, maybe taking a job across the country. What are you going to do then? You're going to look at your spouse and go, who are you? You're going to look at your spouse and go, right on. It's us again. And you've already built that foundation. It's so strong. Your communication is so, so intact. Your spiritual intimacy is intact. Your financial intimacy is intact. All of that is intact. So you can have the sexual intimacy you desire. The fun you desire in your marriage once they're gone. Because they do leave. All right. In theory. <laughs> In theory. That's that's what we're hoping for. You guys, we love you. We do. If you have anything you want to respond to this, you go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Let us know your comments. I want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your feedback. You want to hit us up directly, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Also, voicemail, call in, 858 858- Eight seven six five six six three. We want to hear about you. We want to get those hugs. We want to hear about we did it. If you did a seven days of sex challenge or longer, let us know because that's what drives so many people to go. They're like me. We can do it. Mm-hmm. We can do it too. And with that, we want you guys to have an awesome, awesome week. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>